starting from zero. From zero, we start to kind of build this community wealth. If you keep your head down and you work hard, all that other stuff will come. When you own your own business, dog, there is no days off. That's the good thing of corporate. Corporate teaches you all that stuff. So that when you start your own shop, you can be like, you know what, I like that training program. It's just, it's just what it is. It's part of the, it's part of the hustle of life. Every good man is better. This restaurant is not about the both of us, but it's about the people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Where the fuck where you are? <laughs> I'm with Adrian Henderson. How's it going, man? Hey, brother, blessed man. I'm mm-hmm. just uh, thankful, happy to be alive. Spent some time with my pops today playing some tennis, man. He's 70 years old. So. What? And he's still moving? Yeah, man, it was beautiful. That's awesome. It was great, man. So my day has been lovely, man. No complaints. Woke up. Keep it, it easy. Is it that tennis court by the lake? Pardon? Is it that tennis court by the lake you guys go to? No, we was at Stanford University playing. At Stanford? Yeah, because oh, um, uh, my parents live in East Palo Alto. Ah. Right? And so that's where I grew up. Nice. And so they're still there. So it's just right down the street. And my pops has been playing there for years. So yeah. they have a great court. So why not use a campus? Right. And do you know what's funny? A lot of people don't realize how much history Palo Alto is. Because many times people think of Palo Alto, just think tech. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, no. You do not know. Yeah. Shit. Nairobi Village, 1960s. Exactly. Man. You yeah. know, and, and even the black population over there. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't fucking realize that. So yeah. it's like tech just overshadow the story right times. yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. that's what usually happens with information right yeah the narrative that people decide to tell yeah definitely that's why it's important that you know we tell our own narrative what you're doing is so powerful oh man like i'm not i'm just having a fucking conversation <laughs> <laughs> I tell, as i tell some people and i'm i'm just a fool that learns every day that's yeah. like usual the usual thing but hopefully yeah yeah people that don't know yeah here you go. Now you know something a little bit about Palo Alto. Right. So, like, so I can call you a partner slash co-owner of Kingston 11? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct. Yeah, there's two of us. And um, Nigel Jones' menu is amazing. If, if you guys don't know, Nigel Jones and Adrian here, owners of Kingston 11, uh, right here in tele- uh, historical telegraph in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. and the usual place as you go and chill, yeah, and be at peace, yeah, some good rum and some good eats, so and some you good guys music go there. and the whole nine, and some good music, different types of people there. I just love the fact of how welcoming it is and how open you guys is, and that's one of the reasons. Like I was like, "Yo, even even before this, you right. know, I still say hellos and like, yeah, yeah, you're so welcoming as a host and stuff like that, which is like so freaking important. And it's kind of like we have that similar vibe yeah. of like welcoming people. And um, but with that, you know. Not a lot of people know the beginnings of you and Nigel. Oh, uh, yeah. The beginnings. So, but with that, as we tie into it, what does starting from zero mean to you? Ooh. Uh, starting from zero means um, more so of just life in general, right? We all start from scratch. And then we get started. We start moving. We start going to school. We start 
linking up with our mentors and we start traveling, right? And from zero, we start to kind of build this community wealth, right? And so it's important that you have, you know, someone within your circle, like my mom and our dad and my sisters and my family, right? That really pushed me to make sure that I achieved, right? And so from zero, starting with Kingston 11, is we started Sunday dinner. So Nigel and I used to have these dinners on Sundays where we'd get together and I'd say, yo, I need you to bring a bottle of wine. I need Kumi to bring some desserts, right? Uh, and we started having these Sunday dinners. And at these dinners, we started having conversations, right? About community, just like you said, about relationships, who did what, how do men and women respond to each other? Yeah. Like, how do we show up in our community? And so uh, that was amazing. So it first started off to like 10 people, then it started at 15, then it started at 20, and then we capped out at 40. So we would have folks host, and when whoever was gonna host was allowed to invite somebody. Hmm. So on Sundays, we had this thing around in Oakland, that was like maybe 2000, let me see, 2011, I think it was. Yeah, 2011, no, 2010. We started doing these dinners on Sunday. Michael Orange used to be a part of it. Hey. Um, all the folks in the community were part of it because it was a community type event and atmosphere where it's kind of a potluck, but me and Nigel cooked the mains. And so from there, folks were like, yo, man, y'all need to open up a restaurant. I always had a dream of opening a restaurant. Nigel had a dream of opening a restaurant. And uh, Kaba stepped to us for Gorilla Cafe. Conte. Yes, from Red Bay Coffee repping. He's shout he's, out. He's crushing. Oh, and shout out to Michael Orange from Matatu. Yeah. And shout out to Kumi Rao for I Love Being Black. Please. The black Travelers. Ay, yes. The Black Ay, Travelers. Ay. Cheers to them. Yes, man. Ay. So, uh, yeah, so pa pushing forward, uh, Cable was like, yo, man, why don't you use our... Um, our cafe, Gorilla Cafe, in the evenings to do a pop-up. So Nigel and I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. Like, let's try to give it a try. My background is I've worked in uh, the service industry in graduate school, bartended, served, waited tables in high-end restaurants. Nigel and I both are self-taught in terms of cooking, right? He grew up uh, cooking in Jamaica with his grandmother. I did as well in regards to here in the States with my grandmother, right? Uh, my and that is Gwen Lamont or Gwen, Gwen Lamont. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and so, yeah, so we both had a passion for cooking. I've always cooked when I was in college and high school and middle school. I used to bake, help my mom, my grandmother, right? I lived in Italy for a while. And when I was there, I used to go really? to the market with my boy's grandmother and learn Italian and cook meals with her. And so, you know, I had another boy in Paris. So I was, you know, traveling around Europe and going to these Afro-Franco communities, right? And <sighs> learning um, how to cook jollof rice, right? Um, Can you cook? Oh, yeah. Hey, look, Come on, man. hey, bruh. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm making some for you. No, no, you, you see the flag behind mm -hmm. me, right? So I, I'm going to criticize. <laughs> I am going to criticize the jollof as, as you, as you very should. properly. As you should. Yeah. And you Ghanaians should <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stupid. You're provoking the war too much. Yeah, you know who you are. Ghanians, okay, so here's the thing about the Jalof Wars. You right. probably know what's yeah, going uh -huh. on, right? Obviously, originally Senegalese. Right. The Senegalese people have the say. They have, like, whatever. And all of a sudden, just spread throughout West Africa. But for the common wars are between the Ghanaians and the Nigerians. Yes. People think that the Nigerians are the taunters. All right, we, had loud mouth, we, we have loud mouths, okay? I admit that. The Ghanaians are a little bit quiet. Yes, that's correct. A, but they taunt the fuck out of us. <laughs> All right? Okay? So you guys should shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's so... But I still like your jollof, too. 
But how's that better? In a peanut butter soup. Niger. In the peanut butter soup, that don't even fucking make sense. Why do you want to fucking use peanut butter soup? I love it. I challenge anyone mm. to cook off. Y'all, right. y'all hear me? <laughs> well, you better fufu, right? Oh, yo, do not do that, Adrian. Come on now. I know. I'm kind of just pushing it. So yeah, ahead, so yeah, no, it's all good, brother. You know, so we just love to cook and eat, man. And so Kaba opened up his doors at Gorilla Cafe. We came in on a Friday night, one night a week. We both were just in there grinding from 6 to 11. Mm. And we did that for almost like, you know, almost about four or five months to where folks were like, yo, y'all need to do another night. So we started doing Jesus. Saturdays, right? So you started one night and then Fridays, all of a sudden, yep. oh, wow. And then it was word of mouth. Folks were just yeah. more word of mouth hearing what we did. We had a you know a, a Google phone number, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we didn't even have a website. Mm-hmm. Folks started hearing it, calling for reservations. I checked the reservations, book them. And then, you know, we cooked to the amount of people that we had, right? Uh, and so, nah, it was amazing. And so we outgrew the spot. So Fridays were popping. Then Kat was like, yo, do Saturdays. So we did Fridays and Saturdays for almost like two years. Grinded it out. You know, at first it was like at six o'clock when we opened. While well, working a full-time job. Oh, yeah. With the hustles on for real. You already know what it is. Can I, can I just yeah, touch yeah, that? For there sure. The hustles. Yep. We're drinking rum here. Yes, as it should be. Proper. Yeah. Sailor Jerry. Mm-hmm. Sailor Jerry. Yes. Proper rum. And so, yeah, man. So we crushed it on Friday nights and then we did Saturdays and then... The word got out, and at six o'clock, man, we had, the spot only held thirty people, right? So at six o'clock, we had a line outside the door, fifteen people already waiting, twenty people already waiting. So people had, you know, found and out the same Gorilla Cafe on Chaddock. Yep. And if you guys don't know, Gorilla Cafe is actually a very good cafe yes. seats. So imagine people who then don't know, like that know that place, and how can you imagine how packed that place? Oh, is? Oh, you already know. Yeah, man, it was it was Yo. amazing. And so, yeah, so basically uh, I was, Nigel was cooking during the day with our team, right? And then he'd hand off to me, hand all the food off to me, and then I would cook like the fish, the salmon, Mm. the fritters. I was doing all the sautéing, just running the line. And uh, and that was was cool. I enjoyed that. It was cool. And then until we switched over to the Rewind. So, yes, so Fridays and Saturdays, I grew that, right? Uh, and during that time, Nigel was getting married in our second year. Mm. So basically what happened was um, we kind of outgrew the spot and we said, okay, hey, let's pause. Let's reflect. Go get married in Jamaica, man. Let's go have party and have a great time, which we did. Yeah. Right. And then came back and we regrouped and we actually found a building from the spot that we're in now, um, 2270 Telegraph. And we both it out for a year, man, and raised money, hustled. My 401k, his 401k, <laughs> money from homies, like we nickel and dime and raised about 300 grand, man. So, yeah, man, I and mean, we did a lot of the work ourselves. Power of community. Oh, yeah, man, without question. That's the only way. And, and there is one of the things that one, a lot of entrepreneurs told me. Uh, one, one of my friends, he, uh, she said, like, if you think you can do it alone, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> like, she literally looked at my face. She's like... Adore, you can't do it alone. Nah, you can't. It's like, even before the power of social media and the internet, like the, the, the network that people still need to do in terms of investment and stuff like that. Here you go, busy Adrian. <laughs> it's fine. 
No interruptions. Yeah, no uh, <laughs> no interruptions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, like um so now like even finding that spot and investing, I, I think a lot of people don't realize like how much frustration work is to reserve a space, especially where you are right yes. now. Like, what was the process? Was it just within you, uh, you and Nigel's network of knowing people pretty much and just it just, like, grew to something out of control? Not, well, not literally out of control, but in terms of something you guys can just pluck from. Yeah, know? I think what, what so, um, you know, as we were doing that for the past two years, it kind of happened through osmosis and meaning that people started hearing about the Huffington Post, right? Mm -hmm. uh, rated this as a second top pop-up restaurant in the East Bay, right? They came in, loved our spot, bigged us up. We just kept doing the work, right? I think people get sidetracked when they look outside of what they're supposed to be doing to focus on getting like print and focus on getting noticed, right? Mm. If you keep your head down and you, and you work hard, all that other stuff would come. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm come. a firm believer and, I, and that's pretty much what mm -hmm. happened. So, you know, I have been in, I've been in Oakland for the past 30 years. I went to Berkeley undergrad, graduate school at USF. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of community work in Oakland. I used to work in the NBA at the Golden State Warriors, mm. did the dot com, worked with the Urban Services YMCA in Oakland where I had, what, 30 schools that I was helping to run with uh, a couple of other brothers. So at the city of Oakland, Alameda County. So I had been entrenched in the community. So people knew who I was, right? And so as I broke from that and started to do this and people found out that, yo, I have a restaurant and this is what's happening, it's community space, folks started showing up. They showed the food was good, right? The atmosphere is nice, cocktails were good, service was cool, right? So all these things make a space to be like at home, right? And so if you feel like you come into Kingston 11, like you talk about, you feel like you should be welcomed. You feel like this should be your home. It's your community. Mm. I think our space, I'd say, is probably one of the only spaces that you see, like, the, how Oakland used to be. You know what I'm saying? That True. You see everybody. You see the Asian. True. You see white, yeah, Latino, gay. Brown, you see everything in our space, which I'm proud of, right? Where you can go in restaurants in Oakland and only all you're seeing is just white this folks. Is long, yeah. That's it. Especially with uh, with how gentrified Telegraph is, and yep. you and Nigel's probably seen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even even sometimes on first Fridays and the couple of folks uh. that come in. But one of the things I'm so happy of during first Fridays, even though it's it's always packed, mm -hmm. I, I always peek in. I know I know <laughs> Nigel's in the kitchen, and you and your your, your right. fedora just going around. <laughs> right, always colorful there. Yeah, always colorful over the years that I've I've stepped in that restaurant, yeah. even on busy days and even on non crazy days like during lunchtime. You yeah, see me, yeah, it's like, oh, like one day is, is a couple of white folks, one day is a couple of Asian folks, yeah. one day is a couple of brothers. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It's like I, I'm thinking of trying to think of another restaurant owned by people of color that is usually like that there, there probably is but not as often yeah not as a to, to me to me in in right. your in your environment yeah yeah, yeah no nah. so you know you start from zero we started from doing a pop-up right we grew that we grew the brand right so that we grew the brand strong enough for two years that we were able to sit back and raise money and open a spot for 11 months so then folks were like okay like when is kingston 11 open Right. Whereas I want to get one six eleven opening. Right. That was the, the joint all the time. Like when are you guys opening? What's happening? What's happening? When are you open? When are you opening? So we kind of built this excitement to like you want it. 
right? And so, yeah, it was a lot of work, brother. We, I mean, I was, we both were working 17, 18 hour days, man, for like hmm. grinding, coming in, doing demo work, sanding, you name it. Nigel and I were both in there like every day. Like I look back now, me and my wife, we laughed at, I don't even know how I did it. I was doing that and I was hustling and teaching and, and teaching in Emeryville and teaching at Fruitville Elementary Jesus. and I'd leave work, dude, and go straight there. And I'd work until one, two in the morning, get up at seven, go work with these youth, get off at two, go straight to the job. And that was seven days a week. And we both did that for about two years, strong, heavy lifting. Like now I'm able to kind of pull back a little bit now and not be in there every day. Cause it's now on year six, right? But it just takes, you know, being focused. It takes time to get to yeah. that level, that state of rest. Yeah. You know, I, even when I was trying to schedule for it, I was like, oh my God, I know Mondays are off for like for them, but I don't want to take the, the, the <laughs> off day. No, I was like so concerned. Hey, I was like, hey, listen, hey, there's no, listen, when you on your own business, dog, yeah. there is no days off. Mm. You're always, you know what I'm saying? Like, because yep. anything can happen at any given time. I, no, my I managers really appreciate may call, you, man. Yeah. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The folks are like, yo, it's Monday's like, no, Monday's are my admin day. Yeah. Where I do my Prep. admin, catch up for the week, yeah. see what's popping. We have gay night this week. Mm -hmm. So making sure that all our social media is going out this week. You know, we have a couple parties on Saturday popping, a private party. So it's just like logistics, just making things, make sure that all I's and T's are dotted and crossed and getting ready for the week. Mm. You know, training, making sure staff are trained, right? There's just so many moving parts in a business. But here's the important thing. Yes. Even though you're busy, you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Love what I do. <laughs> I, am, I am thankful, brother. Without, you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Even in stressful times, I've seen you, like, hosting. Even in stressful times, yeah. you you cool, you collected, you enjoy it. Yeah. And in the midst of chaos, you enjoy it. Yeah. It, like, because... I can tell, like now that what you're sharing is like this is what I've worked hard for. And yeah, I'm man. Gonna keep on grinding. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Like you know, like your journey, right? You're <clears throat> 31, and as you start to to grow and work corporate and do your hustles, you have to have a foundation of what systems and, and policies and procedures look like. Right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's a good thing. A corporate corporate teaches you all that stuff, so that. When you start your own shop, you can be like, you know what? I like that training program, but I didn't like that, right? I'm going to implement this policy because yeah. of A, B, C, D, and E, right? I'm going to do it this way different because I saw that from my managers and from my employees that that didn't work, right? Hmm. And so then you're able to kind of gather all this, these systems and procedures and, and formulate your own platform and your own structure and your own... Um, policies and procedures that best benefit you and your company because you've been doing it. So when you hit 40, like, yeah, you've been in the corporate game now 25 years, right? So now you have some type of expertise, right? Yeah. And so when you decide to shake and do your own thing, you're like, okay, I'm taking a little bit of everything in this to produce my own, my own company, my own views, my own whatever that you want to do because you can do that, right? Because you have that experience. Now, here's the thing, too. You can always jump back in corporate. I can always jump back in corporate. Always. If there's any time for me to jump back in corporate, if the restaurant fails or something happens, I can jump I can jump back in. It's just it's just what it is. It's part of the it's, it's part life. of the hustle of life. You gotta adjust, right? I would love to be doing this. We're, our lease is like another nine years, so we have a fifteen year lease. So we're in year six. So we have another nine years, right? Wow. Um, so 
But in that time, it's just like, how do you get better? How do you have quality over quantity? How do you take care of your employees that are there? The balance. Right? Yeah, all those things, man. And so, you know, it's making sure that you have the vision to implement a good strategy, implement a good plan, and implement consistency. Across the day, it's really consistency. Every day you come in, it should be the same. Same food, you should have the plantains, you should have the patties, same cocktails, right? Same. Yo, add the patties back. Yeah, they're back. Oh. They're back, baby. Bruh. Bruh, I'm back. All right, all right. High grade, grade A, baby. (laughs) High grade. Yeah, we back in the mix. I remember (laughs) my friend Kip were like, oh. What's going on? Yeah, what's up? So the cats that were making them, because mm-hmm. we get them in, we bring them in from Brooklyn. Um, oh, and so, so good. The cats, so there, you know, there's there's different grades of patties. Educate. Right. So there's like high grade A, mm-hmm. then you got your like A minus, you got mm-hmm. your B plus, you mm-hmm. got your B, you got your C. And you can, t- you can tell the difference mm-hmm. between the patties. Go over to uh, Mentos. Ride on Broadway. Yes. Go across the it. street from Copper Spoon. Yes. Yeah. Go chase their patties, check them out, and then come taste ours. Mm. You'll see that you'll see a difference. Without mm. question, a cat, the cat, another day, a uh, cat came in last week and was like, "Yo, dog," he was like, "Your patties though, they're the business." I was like, "Yeah, we, I've tasted them. Yeah, they're the a flaky. They're the are they the a grade? Can't be, can't be fooling around, man. Get the high grade, baby, all day." I yo, Adrian, I swear to God, I just was killing it making sourdough bread. Ooh. I was trying to like. I was tempted not to get into the baking world, yeah, because it can get fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And I already have a recipe books of making Jamaican patties Ooh, and fucking brioche and all that shit. Oh, and there we bought go. French cooking books right there and there stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm kind of getting into it. Yeah. It's funny all of this foreshadowing. Like my books just came out tonight, and you say you were actually spe- you actually specialize in French cooking too. So we're gonna talk a lot. Yeah, of course. Come on, man. That's, because, that's the beauty. Yeah, that's the joy Nigerian of cooking. cooking is like it makes me. Going to the topic of cooking, cooking makes me legitimately happy. Yeah. Like it's Isn't it beautiful, man? It's it's, it's so freaking beautiful to just cook for someone. I actually have I usually have um I usually have like a yearly potluck, like mm-hmm. a week a weekend before Thanksgiving, just inviting friends in this small apartment and I'm just cooking Nigerian food. Nice. And those funny friends of mine sometimes don't <laughs> bring their freaking food because I'm cooking everything. Wait, they, these fools are bringing out no food? I'm just, I'm, just me- I'm just messing with them. Like, I, I, I tend to be the one with the most food. Wink, wink. Right. But it's a, it's a nice, either way, it's like to see the smiles on their faces and have share uh, to, to share a lot of community like and I was like oh wow this is for thousands and thousands of years like this is this is the power of cooking no matter yeah. what culture you are yeah man the power yeah. of food brother yeah it's, yeah it's amazing and so uh let's see when I got out of graduate school mm-hmm. uh I took 11 months and traveled around the world right so I did a backpack by myself rolled um, jumped off and hit New York first, and from New York I went to uh, to Paris, and I just sat down in Paris where my folks were. Went through my folks in London, went through my folks in Prague, and went through my folks in Ireland, Dublin, and Florence, Milan, Rome, right? And I came back to Paris, and then from there I took off to Egypt wow. and chilled in Egypt, and then from Egypt I flew into uh, I flew into Kenya. 
Wow. And Nairobi and was there for about a month and was in Mombasa. And I was just, just, man, I was just eating my way through Europe and Africa, man. And from there, from Kenya, I went to um, Addis Ababa, to Ethiopia. Wow. <clears throat> and was just there, then Jera, the Dobo, oh. and just the spices and everything. Oh. And just, that was, that was amazing. And from there, I went to um, Kinshasa, the Congo, mm-hmm. right? And was there for about three weeks, you know, tasting the, the food and the pan, pounded yams and all the stews and the fish stews, and right? And then from there, I flew into Ghana, to Accra. Hmm. And was in Ghana. That was my base. But I went to Burkina Faso, Benin and Togo, right to Cote d'Ivoire, Abidjan, Trashville. What? Right? So I was just tasting all the spices, cooking all the foods, and chilling with all the people, right? And then from there, I went to uh, Lisboa, Portugal. Mm-hmm. And so there, man, the the Cap Verdeans were there, man. Yeah, you can right? see the the migration of the African yeah. influence into into Portuguese food as, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was it was amazing, man. So and just you know tasting the spices and checking everything out, man, was just was just like incredible, man. And just you know from there I went to Brazil, and I stayed in Brazil for two months, man. I was in Bahia, I was in São Paulo, in Rio, and San Recife, and I was just eating the food, checking the food out, seeing how they baked and how they got down. And then from there, I went to Venezuela and Caracas and just chilled there and ate. And then Costa Rica, Cahuita Limon, the Caribbean side. Bruh. Yeah, man. Do you have a journal of like of, yeah. of what, yo? Yeah, 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 for sure. What a question. You, I, I, mean, I, I was like, this dude has some documentation of what yeah. he's experienced. Yeah, for because sure. Because this, this, that's really important. Oh, yeah. And I was a brother doing it myself. So I had a backpack. And so I was oh, by myself. Do you know what's funny that you mentioned this area? Yeah. So one of my goals, like, um, one of my goals, like, I actually wrote down my journal of, like, I need a year hiatus. Oh, yeah, dude. You got to. Right. So I was, I was trying to figure out, like, what this year hiatus is going to be. It's not going to be, like, not working or whatever. And it was, and I was like, needing the sourdough i was trying to figure out like oh what do i do it's like is it a remote year or like whatever well all these programs and when i got into liking cooking again i was just like it would be nice to try different cuisines and just like be in the kitchen or whatever no seriously this was this was like few weeks ago trying to figure it out I don't know yet, guys, when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen sometime of just like experiencing that and cooking to me is language. It's like it breaks language barriers and it's like it makes you all that class. I don't care what anyone says. All that class shit. You're eating on that. It's out the door. You're on the same fucking table. It's like you you ingesting, you eating it. And I was at. Similar to what you're doing, what you did, mm-hmm. it's it's something. We'll talk more about it. It's something like I'm actually yeah. probably planning to do. You should. And I was just like, whoa. And the fact that you mentioned that, I mean, I did. I never assumed that you actually did that. And all of a sudden, oh, it's yeah, like yeah. a weird thing of just like, oh wow, I was actually planning of like, what would my here oh, yeah. hiatus be? So here's the funny thing. So. When I was getting out of graduate school, I had told five of my homeboys, there's five of us supposed to go on this trip, right? And so one by one, these dudes fell off. One mm. got married, 
One got transferred to New York. One couldn't do it. Another homie just changed jobs. And so it left me by myself. Right. And I was like, whoa. I was like, fuck it. I'm rolling. And each one of those guys today, they're like, dude, I wish I would have went with you. Hmm. They regret it. They're like, I really wish I would have rolled with you. And I was like, yeah, man, it was, you know, it was really like angels were on my shoulder, dog. The whole entire. Just going. Oh, yeah, man. I was taking buses in border towns, dude. From Cote d'Ivoire to Ghana, Burkina Faso to Ghana, dude, Benin, Togo, coming across border. Border towns are fucking sketch. Of course, you already know what it is. It goes. I know what it is, man. <laughs> the only country, African country, I've been to is my fucking country. I know how sketchy it is, and I can imagine how sketchy doing cross border. And I fucking commend you that you've been to more African countries than me. Are you making me feel ashamed of yourself, man? <laughs> Shit. Um, for you to do that, that's uh, yeah. awesome, man. But you have to do that. Like something you have like, to. But you, more more importantly, because, um, dude, you can just sublet your spot for a year, man. Oh, yeah. I've been, you know I've been planning on that. And, the problem is, mm-hmm. between you and me, mm-hmm. the apartment, this apartment company is fucking shady as fuck. What? So, I, I'm going to say it's shady as fuck, mm-hmm. but I'll see what I can do. Yeah. There's the Oakland, uh, what's that department, housing department, yeah. stuff like that. So I'm, I'm actually gonna check into what I'm gonna do. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, hey man, like I just, you can do it, like for real, like yeah, it's like, possible. Like one, well, like there, th- this were, this were goals of mine, right? I was kind of like, number one, do they hear how it is? But I was kind of like, shit, this apartment is nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come back to it. Like I would love to sublet it. So it's kind of like that's the option. Number two, as you know about the housing situations, like still one of my stubborn goal is to get a house in Oakland. Yeah, and to for have sure. a have a property. So I'm kind of like, that's oh, it for a property. Do I go? But I was like, one of my friends like, why not do fucking both when that yeah. time comes? Get your freaking house. Yep. Rent it out yep. for a fucking year, yeah. Or whatever, but whatever is gonna come. Like one of my friends, she t- she told me she's like, whatever's gonna come, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, for sure you are. Yeah, but but anyways, enough about me and just hearing you saying that in terms of taking the risk to travel for your art. Yeah, it's something. Like to you, it's something like, oh yeah, I just went up and did it. But for some people, it's like, oh, how did you find the time? How was it possible? They all, they all ask yeah, these yeah, questions. Sure. But to you, they're like, uh, yes, it's possible. And I want to really encourage like a lot of people of color to travel. Oh, they love like, us. I, I remember 2015 mm-hmm. taking a month off with paid vacation to Europe was one of the best decisions yeah. I ever made. I made yeah. to seven European countries. Yeah. People were like, oh my God, how are you going to fight? I was like, I'll find the time. Trains, planes, uh, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I was like, you can find the time to travel. Yeah. It's so rich. Save up, whatever. You guys have it planned, whatever. Sacrifice what you spend and whatever. Invest in yeah. this, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I tell people, travel. 
like I remember um there was an intern in in my in my job she was she's very smart and she was like yeah you know she's like I'm I'm trying to come come back to this company after after I'm done with my program and I was like hold up I was like you seem like a very cool like very cool person and we're, we're talking about traveling the world, whatever. And I was like, you need to experience the world. Have you done the travel abroad program? She was like, oh, no, I never did. And I was like, look, yes, time will move. But you need, you need, you need to take some time off, travel, and come back. Right. She's like, you think I should? I was like, yeah, you should. <laughs> I was looking at her, it's like, yeah, you should. It's like, live through me. Oh, <laughs> Do it. Full throttle. Do it. She hasn't contacted me back yet, but I hope she did it because yeah, it's kind of her, like, but anyways, man, game. we can talk on and on about traveling, but yep. man, it's, it's fucking amazing. And I, I realize why, why some people are still addicted to it. Oh yeah, I yeah. am too. It's my juice. Mm-hmm. It's, I gotta have it. Mm-hmm. Without question. Yeah. So, Going back to the restaurant, mm-hmm. describe to me how opening day was. Yo, opening day <laughs> was, was pretty wild, man, yeah. because, you know, um, <laughs> it's hilarious. As we we're trying to get our, our operating budget together, our cash flow together. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. Like, we, were, we had just finished getting this loan to finish, you know, um, the last build-out stages of the restaurant. And we had this bar manager that, that was ordering stuff. And he was like, yeah, you need to wait, you know, another three weeks before you open. And was like, no, we can't wait. Like, we got to start making money now. Like, we yeah. had already been money. in uh, 10, 11 months. We are already paying rent one month, and we hadn't been open. So we're like, yo, we need to, we need to, we need to get open. Uh, it was amazing, man. It was it was really beautiful. It was, it was kind of like surreal because we had finally worked so hard to get to where we were, and like this day is actually happening. And it was like slow motion. It was like everything was just like moving slow in regards to like yo, it's actually happening. And so that night was amazing. You know, Nigel and I were both there in there. He was in the kitchen. I was on the front floor, yep. and you know, it was a packed night. It was good. And the next thing was like, okay, how do we keep this going every night? Hmm. Right. And so that was the that was the challenge. Like, okay, each night you had to bring it. Each night you had to bring it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it was like, you know, Tuesday night starts a little soft, right? Wednesday picks up, Thursday picks up, Friday's full, Saturday's boom, and then comes back down to brunch on Sundays. So it was it was really beautiful. It was beautiful to see our community come out and support us. That's awesome. That's that was amazing. And everything, um, but it, this is this is also an important question because a lot of people don't see the the drama behind maintaining the restaurant. Oh, yeah, dude. And what yeah, yeah. what is something you can tell people in the services industry of what they probably know, or just some people that are just not 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 aware? What is the most complicated thing you and Nigel faced when? Dealing, been dealing the restaurant business. What was the first thing that pops up in your head that you you two underestimated? I would say you know staffing, mm. getting good people. Man, that's that's the challenge that everybody <laughs> has it, in this industry. It's eighty percent turnover. Eighty so, percent turnover. 
We're in the service industry, man. Think about how many restaurants. Think about how many people there are. Right? Okay, always, okay. Let's say always work. turnover in terms of like, okay, maybe that person has like maybe another full-time job or whatever. Yeah, so people in the service okay, industry they, yeah, uh, usually have two jobs. Transition so, yeah. job or it's whatever. Always, yeah. It's always jobs. Because mm-hmm. that's one industry you can leave and get into just like that. Yeah. People need servers. They need barbacks. They need yeah. bartenders. They need cooks. Like that's the shortage in the service industry, everybody's having those issues of, and then it's you know the quality of work you're getting. That's the challenge of getting mm-hmm. people to really take ownership and accountability for how they show up. That's the challenge every day. That's a challenge to get people to really stay focused, right? Be accountable for how you show up, take responsibility, and stay motivated, right? To me, you know, I'm different, but if I'm a server. You making money. The more you se- the more that you sell your customer and upsell your customer, the more knowledge you know about the food, where it comes from, how it's cooked, the ingredients, how to pair with some wine, right? How to pair it with a cocktail. Like all those are valuable information and insight to your customer to really let them know, like, hey, because you build a trust with your customer. Because when you say something like, yo, those patties are fire, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, yeah, he was right. Those patties were fire. So now you're like, I like this type of drink. What do you have for me? Oh, I got this drink for you. Boom. He gets that drink for it. Now it's two for two. You're like, fuck, yeah, you're right. The drink was on point. The patty's on point. So now he has you in your he has you in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. to be like, this shit is good. Eat some shit. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I eat that shit because you said it was good. I like to call it social <laughs> engineering. <laughs> right. There we go. So, yeah, it's it's more so of just staff is like the, that's the, the toughest thing is really finding good people that can really take ownership and accountability and actually just want to learn and get better daily. Like that's something that you have to build your staff towards. Cause not everybody has that. So the training that comes behind it, right. Uh, the methodology that comes behind it, right. All those play into how do you make a good employee? Look at, at your job. Mm-hmm. Just catch your job. I'm sure just fucking just show up every day just to show up. Yep. They're not going to do the extra step to do whatever it is or mm-hmm. follow up on whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so that and that's how it is in in every industry. It's like like when you started your job, I'm sure somebody was like, "Yo, you know who you need to be like? You see that cat over there? That's how you need to be. It <laughs> shows up on time, asks questions, goes beyond be You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every job has had that. Every job that I've had or, or got into, person was like, "Hey, you need to be like this person." You need to be like that person because yeah. that person exemplifies what we want to do in this culture, what we want to do in this business. So, yeah, that's Nigel and I underestimated the high turnover rate in the industry in terms mm. of just staffing, right? Just, Man, he must be pulling his hairs out, like, especially when it comes to his kitchen staff. Oh, as yeah, well. man. It's yep. hard. It's hard. Head chef. Every, everybody has, that's everybody's problem. Everybody I talk mm-hmm. to in the kitchen is like, yo, I need. Some solid kitchen people. I need mm. da, 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 da. like everybody in the industry is always, always, always like, yo, my staff, I need to find a good person. And then yeah. how do you keep the person right? Um, and so, yeah, that for us, that was the challenge is like staffing, like getting staff that are on point, like thinking like, you know, being on point to a, to a sense like, yo, I had one cat that worked with us one time and. Mm-hmm. There's a party, a day party going on, right? He's supposed to be working, right? He's over here dancing, trying to holler at some chick. He's taking selfies. <laughs> He's doing all this. 
And I'm just looking at this dude like, are you fucking kidding me right now, dog? Hey, 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 girl, yo, I'm a historical restaurant, like, yo, yo, holla me. Are, are you kidding me, man? And then I had another cat, right, had a drinking problem. He was drinking all the customers' leftover drinks. No. Dude. I'm like, are you kidding me, dog? Yo, man, I, I got stories for days, man. So it's just you, you know. think you know a person. Oh man, <laughs> you know, but the, you know the industry is amazing in the sense of you actually get to see like in general like who people are. If you really want to know somebody, like if you're dating somebody, mm-hmm. and or you have a good friend or you have someone on the fence, take them out to eat with you. Yep, and, and see how they treat the the service the for service person. Yep. How they treat them, how their etiquette is inside the restaurant, you know, how they show up. You know, you can really tell a lot about a person when you take them out to eat. Because mm. you, you can see all. It's like it's like I always tell cats, too. It's like if you have a girlfriend that you like, this is your chick that you want to be with. Like, this is my number one. I said, OK, go traveling with her. You heard that, people. Go travel. There you go. As you already know. <laughs> When you travel with somebody, anything and everything could happen. This is one of the reasons I like traveling so <laughs> Dude, you already know. Folks melting down, you know, change of program, <laughs> train stop and delayed, flight delayed. There's, there's always something that happens when traveling, and you know that. Yeah. And so if you wanted to really be with somebody like your chick, see how she adjusts in terms of crucial times. Does mm. she lose it? Does she maintain it under pressure? Can she adjust you know what I'm saying? Like, you really see people's true colors when you travel. Food and fly. Oh, uh, you already know. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, or just like, you know, the, the, the true colors of when people, uh, when there is hardship or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I mean, all, all day. Like, one of the reasons I love my wife to death is, She's a writer, man. She travels a lot as much as I have. And she lived in awesome. Jamaica, went to school in Jamaica. And so I remember one time um, we were in, uh, we are in Mo Bay. Yeah, like, yes. we are, dude, we're a ch- beautiful day, chilling on the beach, cocktails, chilling. I get a text from my boy saying, hey, man, my flight's going into Kingston rather than Mo Bay. So I need you to, to pick me up from Kingston. So Kingston to Mo Bay is about a four-hour drive, four or five-hour drive. Right? Jesus. So I was like, babe, yo, my man's coming in. We got to roll to Kingston. And she was like, let's do it. Let's go. Ooh, the random adventure. Uh, she was like, I mean, we were like in love the, a woman we were with a random partying, adventure. chilling. Like we were doing it and, and just had to change up. And she was like, yo, let's be out. Wow. And I was like, yeah. And so that... Like that is important if you have a mate that you're with and a woman inside that when you travel and something comes up and she's just like readjust. Yeah, man. That's important. Even oh, homies. It's, it's chairs to the missus, man. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> please. Respect. Yeah, man. Every time. Mm-hmm. I'm partly keeping you sane. <laughs> better half, dog. <laughs> With a with a busy person hey, like you, and also hey, nah, a busy person she, like her. She, yeah, she's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. She's she's Chilean, and she just like comes from a really strong family, and uh, and she is just like she's hardcore. She's like she's hmm. like every every good man has a better woman. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. That really holds you accountable. Like she holds me accountable. Like she is like, no, nah, motherfucker, you ain't doing that. <laughs> Da, 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 da. It's what it is, 
right? And it's like, oh, okay, you know, I see you without question. I'm going to remember that every good man has yeah, a Yeah, dude, it's, it's real, man. Like, every solid dude. Like, look at Kip's wife. Yo, Andrea. Shout out to Andrea. <laughs> she don't play. I'm putting her a blast. <laughs> Kip listens to this, man. She, she don't play. She don't play. Right. Exactly. Kip and Andrea. I love those two, man. Exactly. But she holds Kip accountable to be the best mm-hmm. version of himself, right? I love those two. Yeah. But she's a she's a beautiful woman mm-hmm. and she's a strong woman. And so she holds him accountable yeah. how he needs to show up. And you have to have a woman like that in your life. Right. And a lot I think a lot of men are afraid of strong women. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll be you'll be surprised how some few female friends that I, that I actually talk to that they get they get ashamed. No, literally ashamed of like like oh man, it's like because they think I no even one person I remember is like because I earn more or whatever. And I was like, why are you around that insecure motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, anyways, right? it's like Deuces. he ain't ready for you. <laughs> It's the like cat is tripping move up, on. Uh, it's like how much money or what? That's, what? Come on, let's play. That drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, it's kind of like there are like strong women out there, and here's to the quote again: "Good man has a better woman." Hey. And the fact that you have, and I, I love the fact that you also sip it into your personal life because that is also part of that work-life balance you also need to keep you sane oh yeah to keep you going especially running a business like that oh yeah she said so after year two the wife was like yo i don't give a fuck what's going on thursdays are date night you better not plan any shit you're not working on thursday thursdays are date night (laughs) thursdays are date night so folks know thursday i chill my wife everybody knows that Mm. they're like oh it's thursday yeah you know what i'm doing but that's curry you. goat night though <laughs> <laughs> you stupid <laughs> see you already know Thursdays is curry goat see you program you know it's popping <laughs> yo guys try their curry goat it's yeah, fire fire it is yeah it's halal yeah 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 no wonder anytime yeah. it's curry goat night on Thursdays sometimes I was like the fuck is Adrian now you know now you know <laughs> day night baby <laughs> No, the support system behind you, especially a good friend like Nigel. Um, tell me a little bit more about Nigel. Like you guys, um, were, were you friends? Even when yeah, we were friends before. Friends like before. Yeah. It wasn't that like he was cooking. Then you came across nah. him. It was just like we were good a friends. Long time. Yeah, yeah, we've been friends. Friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, have, we have been friends um, before we started. Yeah. And, and so yeah like like i said we both were like yo let's do these sunday dinners man mm. and so yeah it, it it was beautiful like he has a really good work ethic we both have a good work ethic mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like we both work hard um and he is you know he used to be a vp for levi strauss no for, way for like 10 years yeah, what he run a doctor's revision right and so yeah, so he was crushing and um, decided to leave Levi Strauss and do his own thing, right, and start his own company. Wow. And so it was during the kind of the recession that everything was kind of going south in regards to you know the economy. Yeah, obviously. And so um, you know it was it was amazing because both at that time, like when we were doing a pop up, like we both were working and we got I got laid off and his his job kind of started his company was kind of going slowing down and so we were it just worked perfect and so. Yeah, he is definitely, you know, he's he's from Jamaica, man. He's mm. he 
he had to work hard for everything. He came to this country, to the Bronx when he was 17, right? Um, his mom, single mom, raising him. His mom was Shout a Shout out to single moms out yeah, there. Yeah, dope. You know yourself. Um, and so, yeah, so he, you know, was on the East Coast and coming into a new country at 17. And, you know, he went to college in Florida, right, in Jacksonville, played ball, oh. and then made his way up to New York and worked in the, in the fabric industry for a while. And then came out west to, you know, work and, um, and get a different lifestyle of being in New York. Wow. Right. Diehard Knicks fan. That dude's a diehard Knicks fan. Hey, he's loyal. Um, yeah, he is. And yeah, he's all about he's about community. He's about family. He's about he's real conscious in regards to um social justice, equity, mm-hmm. right? Um he believes in that with all his heart. His wife does that type of work as well. Yeah. Um they have a beautiful daughter, Irie. They've been married for the past man, now it's going on about seven years now that brother's been married. And so yeah, so he's he's been good along this way. He's been good because we both um, understand that this restaurant is not about the both of us, but it's about the community. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this restaurant's bigger than me. Like it's about like how do we empower our community and how do we show folks that Black folks can do shit right when there are businesses that are closing and pushed out of Oakland. Like we're still there and like folks can see like, Hey, these are people that are in our community that we can actually own a business. We can actually run a business. That's powerful for us to be able to see that we can actually do our own shit. It's like when I first went to Jamaica, my, my uncle married a woman from Jamaica when I was 12. That was, that's how I got introduced to Jamaica. Right. And so they were together for like five or seven years. So at 18, um, I went to meet my extended family in Jamaica for a month. And I can't even begin to describe to you, I can't describe to you that when I <clears throat> got off the plane and I touched down in Jamaica and I saw all these black folks just everywhere, the banks, the stores, yeah. everyone was black. Do you know how empowering that is to, hmm. to go be in a country where everybody is black? And you ain't got to look over your shoulder. You ain't got to. That psychologically, in terms of a black person that's been in America coming to a country like that is, man, you talk about a paradigm shift. It was just so powerful and just so amazing to see that, to experience that. It's like when people go to Africa. Because like, I had already been to Jamaica and I'd seen all yeah. my people. So Africa was just amazing. But when you go to, I mean, you grew up, you, you were born in Nigeria, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your teachers were black, right? Yep. So my teachers in high and middle school, K through five, I didn't have any black teachers. Yep. Middle school, sixth through eighth, I had one black teacher. High school, ninth through twelfth, I had three black teachers. Hmm. So it's a different dichotomy when you look at coming here in the United States and you're around white folks and Latino and Asians, right? Which is cool. But just imagine how powerful it is to be in a country where everybody's black. Hmm. Everybody, you go to the bank, you talk to the VP, you talk to whoever you're talking to, they're all black. That's that's powerful. It's it's a it's a it's really powerful, and you don't really understand it until you leave here and you go to another country and you see that. And do you know it's funny that you said that? And this is kind of like one of those important topics of the dynamics between African Americans and Africans. Mm-hmm. And um, it's you reminded me of like 
sometimes how good we Africans got it, especially yeah. being raised, especially us Africans being raised back home, yeah. being used to seeing our kind all the time. And my immigrant um, experience, especially coming here in the States and seeing different types of people, is like an amazing thing because it's kind of like, oh shit, there's actually a lot of different types of people. But when you get to learn the history, like black history, yeah. you're like, holy shit. It's like, a lot of them don't even know where they're from and you tend to empathize with that and whatever and it like growing up here is kind of like wow you get to understand more about that struggle of like yeah. wow like the importance and also the value of an african-american also being in the in the environment where yeah. he's like whoa you see all the kind of but to us africans born there is like well it's it's normal but you're reminding me to also appreciate like yeah. yo it's like there's some people in the in our 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 tone that I haven't seen yeah as i'm being surrounded where well unfortunately thanks to the that diaspora yeah that separated that, yeah you know yeah because at the end of the day you don't so it's it's crazy because white teachers don't white teachers aren't encouraging you to go to college See what I'm saying? White teachers aren't saying, take that AP calculus, take that AP biology, take these classes. As opposed to at home, when you're at home, they're like, yeah, you're taking fucking calculus, you're taking algebra, you're doing it, you're yeah. going to college. That's what we expect from you. Yeah. That narrative isn't here. Hmm. So you're getting that narrative from K through five, like, yeah, you're going to go to college, yeah. you're going to go do this, right? Our narrative here through K through five is not that, unless it's for your parents, the, the, your unit. That my parents are like, yeah, you're gonna go to college, but if you don't have that parental unit here, white teachers aren't telling you. White white teachers aren't pushing you to that. White teachers aren't counselors aren't saying, hey, you're not gonna go. You know what? You're gonna go to state school rather than go to apply to Berkeley or Stanford or Yale. Mm, we're not gonna say you can get you in this class. So that's the, that difference in terms mm -hmm. of psychosis of what white folks are telling us when we're in middle school and high school and this and that, you're dealing with racism, you're dealing with being pulled over, you're dealing with nigger, you're dealing with people questioning your intelligence. And that was your experience, especially with that. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I didn't yeah. have my parents yep. and my, like, my uncles and everybody, and like, I, like, yo, I knew. My parents were like, nope, you're not going for none of that shit. You're taking these classes. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I had teachers tell me like, yo, you're not going to go to college. Yep, straight up, without question. Yeah. So a lot of black folks have to deal with that in the system. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So whereas for you, or folks are Africa and Jamaica, mm -hmm. folks are like, nah, dog, you're going to college. You're oh, doing this. It was, you're doing it's it. mandatory. Right. It's, it's, it's very mandatory even... you go to college. <laughs> it's, it's not even... out of this house. You're not even... That's what I'm saying. It's th That's what I'm talking about. Like you said, it's not even question. It's, it's, it's not college. even a question. Right. It's, it's like, like, no, you fucking going right. to college. Man, even my mom still bothered me. It's like, <laughs> when are you going to graduate school? I was like, mommy, where's the money? Right. Exactly. <laughs> talk less about people <laughs> don't even talk about undergraduate or whatever. Right. So it's, it's no, no, it's, it's like, that's why I said we're a product of your own environment. Yeah. And I actually appreciate um, another shout out to teachers in general of color of not yeah, color, like really 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 pushing like f uh kids especially in low-income neighborhoods i know a few teachers yeah white black or whatever that they see how fucked up the education system is yeah 
And I sometimes say, like, why the fuck are you still there? They're like, because I love it. Even though they're stressed out and underfunded yeah. and taking their money out of their pocket to yep. buy. It, like, we can go on and on and on yeah. that. But no, thanks for reminding me of that. It's yeah, just yeah. like how why education is so like why education is so important, important especially yeah. in your experience yeah, yeah. Man, for sure yeah so now opening day and especially you've also told me about the the pain points especially mm-hmm. with staffing and a few things like that like what's next for kingston 11 so a couple things. So um, Nigel's about to branch off, and he's about to do this this project called Calabash, right? So Calabash. Yeah. So him and I think a Pakistanian sister and one more person are kind of doing this. Um, excuse me, not kind of. They're going to be doing this uh, kind of restaurant slash market, right? Where you can come in, order, you know, the pan the pan uh, pan African food, mm-hmm. right? All in one spot. So he's going to be starting. What? That's joint probably in 2020. Um, for me, man, it's just making sure, like, one, like, catering on point, private parties on point, right? Um, birthdays and celebrations, just making sure everything is crisp with Kingston 11, right? So, like, for example, Afrotech is coming to town. Yeah, Afrotech is coming to town. And that's coming man, from... That's reminded me of that. And you're also going to be one of the main restaurants in that, actually. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I have American Express that bought the spot mm-hmm. out on Sunday, Amazon Wednesday, um, we got Zuckerberg Foundation coming Thursday, so you know just more so of just really branding and the social media part of Kings mm-hmm. Eleven on my front, just getting that more out there and just you know working with other community leaders, doing luncheons for young folks in education and tech. Mm-hmm. So just really trying to utilize the space in the restaurant to do a bunch of community stuff, right? That's awesome. So for me, that's my focus is, you know, getting catering, more catering, corporate catering, right? Um, staff, you know, development and maintaining the staff, right, and culture and values of Kingston 11. Growing the lunch, growing brunch, and just, you know, specialing on special events. You know, just making sure that all the I's and T's are dotted and crossed, Right. So for me, that's that's where I'm putting a lot of my energy in regards to just like bringing in business and branding and marketing, getting better on all those forefronts. That's awesome. Yeah. So the point that is becoming an insignia like everywhere, like, and it seems like the number eleven is very symbolic, as right. you've said. Eleven meaning, um, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. part of the neighborhood in yeah, Kingston yep, that yep. Nigel was was yep, in with his, gra- his grandmother, yep. and also the number of the lease. <laughs> the the months of the lease so it seems number 11 is very symbolic with yeah. you guys and it yeah. made you who you are at like at the moment so and i really appreciate another thing like i, I was very impressed by you is because there was a certain period of time the the flavor was if i might say yeah, was, sure. was lacking yeah right sure. yeah and at one point, truthfully, I was I was kind of disappointed. Like I didn't even want to say anything, but I was just like, that something hit my head. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's like Adrian's cool as fuck. It's like who doesn't accept constructive criticism? Yeah, of course. And I apologize for like not yeah. saying something in yeah, time. You got to. Like it, like in time, those like was it like a year ago mm-hmm. that we talked, or like two years ago? Yeah. But the way you handle it. 
because believe it or not, you know, you being in the restaurant business, right. like there are some folks that they have ego in terms mm. of how their food tastes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, Thank so you. the fact that you handle it, it with such finesse of just like, we'll take care of it. You know, there's something and you, you actually agree. It's like, okay, there's something going on. And even from then, as far as I remember, it just, you guys were just consistent again. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. Like, taking criticism you know but oh, because you got to. because some people and they, here's another lesson for people's business you got to learn how to take criticism and listen oh you got to you know you can't always think you're the shit no no question how <laughs> yeah. i gauge how i gauge that is a couple of things one is i'll gauge that if 10 people i check in with the food mm-hmm. that don't there's 10 people oh yeah right? what's your rule of thumb 10 right, right? so yeah so eight, eight or nine or whatever yeah. so you're part of that eight or nine folks right yeah that you y'all don't know each other mm-hmm. but y'all are speaking on the same thing so that's truth hmm. so if i go in somebody's brand new comes in is like yo what's up how's everything to free tonight they're like nah the oxtail's off the flavoring's off of the oxtail okay we're on that okay. note i got you boom two weeks later somebody else comes in hey how's everything uh you know what the oxtail is off a little bit they didn't talk to the other people Mm. They don't. They didn't know that. So now I'm knowing. Okay, cool. Here's a different customer. Same issue. So there's some truth. Yeah. Right. So if somebody comes in and they're talking about yo, um, this drink is off or some bullshit. Yeah. I ain't never heard. I'm not really listening to them. But if I'm hearing four or five people who don't know each other saying the same thing, that's then true. There's, there's truth in that. Yeah. And you have to listen to that truth, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I got in this game. You, you got to have thick skin. I know one thing, I can't please everybody. Amen right? to that. So, but I know if there's something off that people are talking about that don't know each other, then there's some truth. And then I got to investigate and follow up and make sure everything is popping. And, and it's funny, like, <laughs> I'm laughing because some people don't want to be that asshole customer. So they right. just say anything and they'll, like, they'll go to that restaurant. But and I'm the reason why, like, the reason why it's important to to say something is like yo like obviously guys say things with love don't yeah don't be <laughs> bullish or whatever yeah, right but if something t- tastes bad say, say something it. yeah you should say something Without question. it's That's- very important the 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 cook might be having an off day we'll, we'll never yeah. know the cook probably like went to a life situation or maybe it's maybe his or his taste buds is out of right. whack or whatever right. you never know but it's just just say something like yeah. in turn and and all of a sudden you know depending on the ego of how the cook prepares it, it's like oh shit okay because sometimes the cook don't even so they don't not taste it or whatever yeah. who knows you know they're in a rush but folks but, know our food if something's off our customers will say it yeah yeah. We're like, yo, this is off. I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. Yeah. I'm here and I'm going back to Nigel, like, yo, Nigel, what's up? Yeah. Checking see the 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 curry goat is spicier than it should be. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, Miss Patsy, that's the general mm-hmm. who cooks. I'm like, yo, like a bit spicy. And I'm cool him. Hey. Right? And I'm cool him down the scene. <laughs> Y'all folks that can't handle spicy shit, yeah, you need you need to you need to. I'm just messing. With you you know. already know. I already know. You already know how I, how I want my my shit spicy. But anyways, I, I um. So when where, obviously, mm-hmm. rolled the red carpet to you. Right. 
where can folks find you social media upcoming events you should talk about the rum club oh yeah the that's rum also club. very yeah, important rum club's fire. Yeah, yeah so 25 dollars a year for mm-hmm. a membership uh every week we do our rum of the week so if you're a rum club member you'd come and taste a free shot of rum for the week we have rum tastings we do rum events uh our next rum club event is going to be second week in november we're looking to have havana club by bacardi uh, and we're looking to what? yeah Havana partner Club? up with. I'm working on a deal with Hooker's Chocolates in San Francisco. You know about those guys? Yes, they're hella fire, good. Fire, fire, <laughs> boom. So yeah, so you know, uh, that's coming up Fridays. We got the live music. No Fridays, excuse me. We do a DJ every other Thursday. We have music. Our Sunday brunch is fire. We have a nice trio that comes in and performs. Uh, first Tuesday game night. Third nice. Tuesday game night. Domino's pays Jenga. Uh, yeah, we're just trying to stay live and just keep the website nice, social media popping, and just kind of really up the game, man. Yeah. You know? And was your IG handle? Uh, Kingston Eleven. Was it underscore or the... underscore eats? Yeah. Kingston Eleven underscore eats. K I N G S T O N eleven one. That's one yeah, one. Yes. Yep, you're on it. Underscore eats. E A T S. Please follow this guys. If you're in the area, please try their food. Yep. If you're in the area, please try their cocktail. Oh my God, it's <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, but no, like seriously, thank you yeah. so much for, for this talk. And yeah, thank you. Always, yeah. always. You thank know, you we, for your time. Yeah. We have to support community. If we don't support each other and what we do, right, then we're not supporting how we move as individuals in our community. Yeah. Right? So we have to make time for our folks and for you as what you're doing Mm -hmm. right to big this up so that you can start blazing so that you can be example for community folks like yo a man's doing this he's doing that check him out over here right and so that's where you know for black folks information has always been passed a couple of ways right so through the barbershop through the the salon right folks in their hair done yeah church right restaurants that's how information has been disseminated for black folks in the community is those four Interesting. platforms. Everybody needs to eat. So when people come in, you find out what's popping, what's going on, right? You're like, yo, I'm starting my da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, come come be a, a guest on my, my podcast, right? So now we big up your shit and what you got popping and what you got going on because folks come into the restaurant. Yeah. So that's, you know, our duty and responsibility is to – to get information out to support people what's going on and if somebody's whacking our community doing some whack shit then we have to let everybody know who's whack so we can't support that whack shit so if you tell them like yo ad these cats over here at lucas is doing the black folks and da-da-da-da. oh fuck that shit we ain't supporting you know what i'm saying or mm-hmm. somebody did some foul shit over here to some black folks and oh we ain't supporting that hmm. we can't support that and that's when people come in the restaurant, like, yo, did you know that? Da, da, da? I guess, oh, no, I didn't know. So the word starts to spread. And we have to make sure that we do a better job of making sure that we stay connected and we don't operate in isolation. Yes. And so grow some some, some support for each other. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I actually had an interesting conversation with friends, um, especially what are black and brown folks lacking, especially in, in, in usual times especially Mm -hmm. in gentrifying oakland and 
sometimes like you know we end up moving out or whatever you know due to prices things happen yeah and one of the things i say i was like wait we should learn from few other communities like the chinese for instance of just like how just give an example how they invest you know like how in terms of property management and Mm -hmm. few things like that like what are we supposed to know in this neighborhood and this neighborhood? Thus giving an example of like how we really need to support each other. Right. Of just like supporting each other's businesses, mm-hmm. investing in each other's business. Yeah. You know, some people like, oh, boycott this. So I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> hold right. on a second. Still have what you need to get right. to survive. Yeah. But most importantly, invest in few of the communities. Right. You, you feel that you need yeah. to invest. And once you invest in it and they become so big, there you go. Those, yeah. are, that's the, those yeah. are the main ones you, you're going to yeah. support. Anyways. Yeah. 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 And that comes with trust. Yeah. Right? We have to be better at trusting each other because we've been pitted, pitted against each other intentionally. Yes. Right? And so you have to look at what the system has done to people of color. It's taken away trust. Mm-hmm. The sister I met today, she was telling me how for me, if I see any other black person in general, if I see people in general who pass me, I'm more so like, yo, what's up? I'll smile, have a good day. But if it's more so of a black person or a brown person, I'm always like, if I don't have to look at you. I can look at you and just nod. And that's, that's, I love that nod. You know Immigrating here to the States, I had to get used to it. Yeah, I was like, know, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, nah, you ain't got to smile, but you smile, right? You nodded like that's what's up. Yeah, right? exactly. But we don't do that enough. And that sister mm. was telling me, she's like, yeah, I've, I've gone to places and black folks don't speak to each other. Like, that shit never used to happen. Mm. Black folks always spoke to each other. Always. 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 Whatever black person I see. Wow. I always speak, nod, and keep, even they mean mugging or whatever. Sub King, keep it pushing. When we get back to a place like that, then there will start to be trust, and then we can start to really build. But we're not there yet. Interesting. Just do it. Like Just just when you're in town next couple days, you see a person's color, just see if they, you know what I'm saying? Hey, how's it going? And even that simple nod is yeah. powerful. Right. Like, like you, <laughs> you know what that? I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. It's like just like random, <laughs> random brother, sister. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep it pushing. Yeah, just keep on pushing because you never know what you're right. going to create. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Man. Yeah, so. Thanks I for that reminder. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. And when guys, please eat at Kingston 11. And uh, if you need more information, please go to the website and social media. Yes, KingstonLevenEast.com. And get fucked up with some rum. All yeah, right, yeah, signing bro. out. Hey, hey. Peace, y'all. Peace. Much love. Bye.